But you know, your program has given me the confidence that just copying something is he's learning something. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So, Andrew, I know, as well as you know, we get letters from families from all over the world thanking us for IEW, for the structure and style approach, specifically as it helps their students who might have special needs. Mm -hmm. And we've actually devoted some podcasts to that. We've done webinar series on that. Just how can we take this complicated task of writing and breaking it down and then with those families that have special needs to allow them to break it down even further? Mm-hmm. Well, our customer service team received a letter that I, of course, forwarded it on to you. And um, we received it from Marie Greenhall from Canada, which is fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun to have someone uh, respond to our IEW approach from Canada. And I forwarded this on to you, and she had some just some great tips, and you said we should get her on a podcast. Sure. So we did. And, and she's we, here with us now. She's here with us now. From sunny Alberta, Canada. So welcome, Marie. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's an honor. So you wrote in that you have a nine-year-old boy who has been labeled as having ASD, and then you gave us some essentially some tips on what you've done that you found successful with him. Um, I suppose more successful than other things you might have done. And you thought we could pass that some of these ideas on to other parents who have kids on the spectrum. And uh, you were so articulate. I thought, well, let's let's have a conversation. I'd be curious to know how did you first make a decision to try using our materials and what what did you do first? Well, I saw your talk in Red Deer at my very first homeschool conference. We just pulled my son out of school uh, because that just was not working. And there you were doing the LA talk. And I guess I just, I was thinking about that this morning. What made me attracted to it? And at that time, I hadn't delved very much at all into the autism world and just knew that it was going to be a struggle getting this boy to write anything. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I guess what was attractive was that it was very methodical. The way you laid it out was just so methodical. I thought, oh, I could teach this. I could teach this to anyone. (laughs) I could teach this to myself. So that was the talk, uh, the f- the four language arts. Oh, maybe. I don't even remember. Listening, speaking, reading. <laughs> okay, so I I talked and you listened and thought, okay, that sounds good. And then you, 
you decided to get one of our programs. Yeah. Before you go into kind of the sequence of materials that you used, could you describe your son a little bit in terms of, you know, his language, his listening, his manual facility, any visual issues, just so our listeners can kind of get a picture of, of what he was like at that time. Um, well, he, he was a late talker, so for him to express even what he felt or needed, whether he was hungry, whether he was hot, whether he was cold, those were quite a struggle for him. He's, he's much, much more articulate now. He can go on and on and on about, uh, sea creatures or something like that. But when it comes to saying what he needs from someone else, very, very hard for him. Hmm. He was terrible at printing. We uh, had been working on some printing since he was four, but I never pushed it, you know, to the point of, I don't know, breakdown, because it was very difficult for him to make lines on a paper. So, uh, yeah, that was the, those were the struggles that we were facing. And I knew that writing anything was going to be (laughs) formidable. Mm -hmm. And when you took him out of school, he was, what kind of struggles or what, what was your observation of him and why you didn't think he would be successful in that environment? Uh, well, he was very, uh, to be honest, violent, (laughs) Uh, he would get very overwhelmed by any changes in structure. So he needed structure and uh, the kids all around him making so much noise. And he would just, he would just lash out uh, physically on his teachers, on his classmates. (laughs) Just overwhelmed with frustration. Yes. So it was very important not to, frustrate him more than well you you have to figure out what is worth it (laughs) right right choose prioritize prioritize so uh when you decided to uh, look into using the iew materials what did you do first um i i got the first the level a does that have the printing lessons with it trying to remember back no that would be pal Pal has the printing li- printing with letter stories. Yeah, yeah, the primary arts of language. Yes, uh-huh. that's what that's what we actually started with in grade two. I guess he was officially in grade two, but he was still struggling with printing. So mm-hmm. we just even printed letters in those boxes, which was so good because the lines. When you ask a child to print letters on the lines, I guess it confuses some children. Interesting. But the boxes were... The boxes were perfect. And I'm using them now with my daughter, who is very, very quick. And she's genius, baby. But she was also uh, struggling with those three lines in the dotted line in the middle. Mm-hmm. can be visually confusing. Yeah. How old is she right she's now? She's four. Four? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's on the inside. So you used the PAL writing. Yes, and the pal reading with the little... No, he was a very, um, very good reader. That's one oh, he was. one thing that he was amazing at. <laughs> that, that's a blessing. Yeah. Mm. So we just did the writing. And I think some 
some little paragraphs. Mm -hmm. That was part of the PAL writing yeah. program. Mm -hmm. One thing you might not know and would be pleased to know if you didn't is that the primary arts of language programs that we have are essentially derived from a program called the Blended Soundsite Program of Learning, which was created uh, half a century ago by Mrs. Anna Ingham, who was a teacher in Saskatchewan and created this, this program for teaching uh, a room full of first graders how to read and write independently in the shortest period of time possible. Uh, Mrs. Ingham's daughter, Shirley George, taught in Edmonton for many, many years. And so I first learned about Webster's writing program and Mrs. Ingham's um, multi-sensory phonics-based reading and writing program when I came to Alberta, uh, northern Alberta, in fact, about four hours north of Edmonton in a little tiny place called Slave Lake. Do you know where that is? Uh, yes, my mom is from that area. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> so I, I first met them in 1990, and really everything we do at IEW has essentially grew out of the teacher training course I enjoyed that first year in 1990. I didn't start the IEW till uh, 94, and we didn't have the PAL program until, um, was it? Two, 2004. Two, 2004. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, so it's come come home to you there. Yeah. It, it was I... born in Canada and it's now back to you <laughs> uh, in Alberta. So that's a delight. Well, I'm so, so thankful you... that you've pulled all of it together into a program. It's yes. Great. and And it would have been very difficult for a homeschooling mom to extract that information mm -hmm. from from Mrs. Ingham's book and use it in a, a reasonably practical, efficient way. It's right. just too, too much and too far away, too many things to make and all that. So, so you used the PAL. Um, I think you mentioned to us that you also tried the Fix-It um, book one. Is that right? Yes. Yes. That, that was okay. He's, he's quite keen uh, on knowing what words do because mm -hmm. he reads so many books. So mm -hmm. he, he seems to uh, just understand the function of words and sentences. Now, using them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is a struggle, but he seems to understand it. The, the number two book is what we're on now, and that uh, seems a lot more difficult to me. Mm -hmm. But you had a particular insight. You had said... <clears throat> If I recall correctly, he he kind of started to have a hard time being attentive and methodical, yeah, to marking the things and doing the fix it yeah. program until you discovered what was that? Colored pens. Wait, wow. They, <laughs> they ended up in my backpack at a family gathering. They were not mine even, and <laughs> my my little daughter put them in her backpack. She snatched them from she, someone else? Yes. <laughs> and so I, I asked that person, they said, oh, we don't want them back. And I said, okay. So then the kids really wanted to use them because they're so bright. Um, pink and orange and red and greens. And yeah. So I said, well, let's try that with our uh, grammar because he didn't want to do his grammar. Okay. Okay. So it looks so much neater now looks mm -hmm. so much neater. And and you found that by using a different color for each different 
thing that he was trying to yes. mark yes. Um, brought a, a greater sense of order and security to him? Or Yes. Uh, he uses the same color for the same type of thing every day, like all the uh, periods. Punctuation is in red, and the capitals are in orange, and the uh, phrases and the clauses are in green. And so, so I guess kids on the spectrum, they have that that need for a a greater level of consistency and order. Yeah, and absolutely. Something yeah. they can just rely on. It's always going to be like that. Yeah. And that makes them comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> when they're comfortable, they're they're willing to put the attentiveness and effort into it. Yes. And he also likes lining them all up and then throwing them over his shoulder when he's done with them. <laughs> oh, well. There's the boy. <laughs> that, that, well, throw them over his shoulder. Yeah. So it's he like reverse, them, yeah. reverse target practice. <laughs> yeah. or something. Wow. It's a great thing he got you for a mom. That's true. Maria tolerate. The, same the, thing. the real question is, do you pick them up for him or do you make him pick them all up? Oh, he picks them up. Yep. <laughs> so he can throw them again, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, so you did the you did the pal, you did the fix it, and you have then started to work with our structure and style uh, program with the teacher course and the the student videos. Yes, we used the level A, and then I thought, well, I don't want to. I don't want to put too much on him the next year. I, th I think we could just do that again. Mm -hmm. And so we got the uh, Fables, Myths, and Fairy Tales book. Oh, good, good. And you mentioned that you, in the beginning, did a lot of scribing for yes, him. You, you yes. let him dictate the sentences to you. and Absolutely. And then you would write them on a board, on paper. How did you, what were the mechanics of that? I did write them on paper. Um, I do the outlines on a whiteboard now sometimes for him, mm -hmm. uh, now that we're just starting to fuse outlines. So that was really confusing to him. And I would write them for him on, an out, uh, on the whiteboard. He would tell me what he wanted, and then he copies that. But you know, your program has given me the confidence that just copying something is he's learning something. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. I would not have thought of that before. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I have spoken in in several different talks. I'll do a you know a little section on the value of copywork for yeah. young children. Uh, the value of copywork for my son, who was didn't at all have any um, uh, spectrum stuff, but was very very dyslexic, and actually could could copy stuff he couldn't read and kept with that. And it built the stamina. Yes. Uh, built the attentiveness to detail. And then once he started to read, you know, he had that momentum and it transferred over. Um, so you you also see the value, or, or I think you even said the necessity of the copy work. Yes, absolutely. I asked a little bit more out of him, you know, each each month. At first, it was some days I would write the whole thing for him because he clearly was tired. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I didn't, all the other subjects, I didn't ask very much writing from at all. I made sure that this was the only subject where he was writing very much of anything, in mm -hmm. like in grade two, three. 
So you you just took it slow and easy. Yeah. Gave him as much help as necessary. Yeah. Uh, kept it consistent, and then you saw over time. I think you mentioned that uh, when you started, he could hardly write all the letters, and now he can write a whole page at one time. Yeah, he. I was amazed, and I just looked over his stuff last night from grade two onwards, and he was struggling to print those letters. And then, like, I didn't believe you that kids would stop asking for help when they <laughs> didn't need it. <laughs> But he did, like one day, um, I don't know, maybe last year, three, three and a half or something, he just came to me with his paragraph all written. Wow. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> that, that must have been one of those truly delightful moments yeah, of, yeah. of teaching. And um, I think, did, did you also do some poetry? Uh, we just started, actually. Uh, my little daughter... Um, got us into poetry she started liking poetry and he he really enjoys that as a sort of a break if we need a break and he'll go to your poems and he thinks they're all really funny all your picks <laughs> uh, well I did tr I did try to make it boy friendly that's for sure so he's he's able now to memorize and recite some poems it's it's better yes and that mm -hmm. was that was a growing thing as well um, he could not memorize hardly anything in in when he was six seven but it's it's stretched <laughs> mm -hmm. so I guess the one question I might have is you know when you first described him you were talking about his difficulty in articulating his personal thoughts or feelings or experience. Yes. Getting words to do it, getting those words, wrestling them into sentences. Um, and then, of course, the interpersonal uh, nature of communication is sometimes mm -hmm. harder. Um, would you say there's been a, uh, a an improvement in that, that that you would think corresponds or has been nurtured by all this grammar and writing and copy work and poetry memorization? I think so. I've noticed him being able to articulate his thoughts much more clearly. And like listening to your podcasts, and I've recognized that it's teaching them to think out what they want to say really methodically. And mm -hmm. so that's so good for autistic kids because everything's just jumbled up in their brains and they don't have any way to sort it out. So he is much more articulate and he has to be actually because his father is very similar to him. <laughs> and we mm -hmm. often, he has trouble communicating to his father. And so we practice what we're going to say to his dad sometimes. He wants something from his dad. And I said, well, you know, you have to think of what you're going to say to him he doesn't have a lot of time <laughs> so you have to plan out what you're going to say to him and so we plan it out I say no that's too nebulous for your father you have to start right in on what you want <laughs> and what he can do to help you get it <laughs> wow so that's it's been helpful yeah that, that's kind of beautiful I, I it touches me that idea of Let's think carefully how to communicate with your father because a lot of kids wouldn't plan what they're going to say. They would just 
react. They would just yes, hurt. yes. So in a way, this has been I don't know it, we, a blessing in disguise. Could you say that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. It is odd living with them sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's making me think more carefully about communication and efficiency. <laughs> I would say that probably a lot of the homeschoolers we get together with have some kids like that, but that's one of the struggles in the rural areas we're quite far from any city, is that we just don't have support here. And that's one thing, one thing I'd like to see. (laughs) Marie, something came to my mind. I just wanted to mention to you, you probably know about it, but are you, um, you said you live rurally. Are you in farming or animals or? No, we live in a very small town and um, okay. yeah, we consider it rural. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the most remarkable movies that I have ever seen is Temple Grandin. Are you familiar with this movie? Yes. Yes. We watched okay. that was very enjoyable. Yeah, okay. Well, for any of our listeners who don't know this movie, it's the true story of an autistic woman who because she could see the world differently than everyone else was able to create a system of moving cattle mm. in a much more natural and healthy way that that caused less chaos and injury. And and so she worked in this world of cattle management. And uh, her story is just phenomenal. Very, very autistic woman and ended up actually teaching animal science at a university um, toward the end of her career. And I think she's still alive. But uh, it just made me kind of, you know, think sometimes, you know, our kids who, you know, are autistic or dyslexic or have various things that we don't understand necessarily what it's like to be them also have these unique ways of seeing and relating to the world that can be a blessing, you know, to those around them or to, to all of society. So you, uh, you're on the path here of homeschooling these two kids and you're, you're not in a, area where there's a lot of other homeschoolers around. So you like our podcast and that helps give you some tips and thoughts. Um, Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about your life and experience? One thing that I struggled with with your program was brainstorming. Uh, You always said you work with the child and stay by him and help him as much as he needs, right? And so... (laughs) I had to give up on helping in the way I thought was helping. Mm -hmm. So I would have to put out some defined parameter. Like you need one uh, word from the dictionary or from the thesaurus. You need one word from your own brain and I'll give you one word. Mm -hmm. Good. And, And send him off to do it on his own sometimes because he just, I don't know. He just didn't want me there discussing words or something. Mm -hmm. He, (laughs) so I had to kind of let him go and do something by himself for a while, even if it wasn't going to be perfect. And then 
revisit it another day or another time or I kind of have to work around you you want to stay there and help them brainstorm and get the best product possible right but <laughs> it's a process mm-hmm. so you you accept what they do for the day mm-hmm. and work again the next day <laughs> Wow, Marie, you are definitely a fan. You quoted Andrew almost exactly. (laughs) Yes, process over product. But we both smiled at each other here when you said process, because that is distinctly Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, um, I thank you very much for taking the time to contact us. You know, you're a busy mom with a lot to do, but you... Uh, wrote in of your own will, your own volition mm-hmm. to share with us your successes and path. And I hope this will be an encouragement to mm-hmm. other moms in the U.S. and other mums <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. in Canada and some teachers too right. who may be having kids in their class that are are similar in some way or uh, have have a spectrum diagnosis and uh, they can, you know, whip out some colored pens and not be afraid to help too much and maybe do a little poetry memorization. And mm-hmm. um, and enjoy your jokes. And enjoy the jokes. Oh, you know. he loves your jokes. He loves them. <laughs> good, good. We'll <laughs> give him my very best regards. And hopefully I'll get up to Alberta again someday. And maybe I can meet you and him and see how it's going in a few years. Yes. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> so I have one last question for you, Marie. And basically, it's a asking for your permission to include this letter that you wrote to us on the show notes podcast so that people who want to can see some of the really tangible help that you gave to us to be able to share with others. And wow, what better way than through our podcast? Yes, absolutely. And you have to be sure to put the little emoticons just the way she did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Will do. We'll absolutely do. Marie, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And I know that this podcast will be super helpful to so many families and teachers. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudoua and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking. 